it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. All right, Winning Plays is back and the NBA Finals are here. And here to give you the 35th preview of the Celtics Warriors matchup this week is myself, Brian Robb, joined by Ryan Bernadoni, the one and only at DangerCart on Twitter. Ryan, how many previews have you listened to so far? All of them. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to be honest. I, um, I, you know, I thought we were coming on to talk about Top Gun. And... <laughs> So, uh, no, I mean, yeah, it's the NBA Finals. Everybody, uh, every NBA podcast has to do a preview. Certainly every Celtics and Warriors podcast has to do a preview. I, I'm guessing there are podcasts that have nothing to do with either of these teams that are doing previews. Um, but, right, it's not only the, the finals. It's two sort of, you know, glamour franchises generally, but also two interesting teams this year. I think there's a lot of people, obviously, who are very excited about it. I know the ratings for things like the Celtics games have been uh, – really significantly uh, up there compared to everything else on TV. So no surprise that, that people are really into it. Um, but for us, it's a little, maybe uh, not, maybe it's certainly a little more special than, than for the generic NBA fan. So we'll try to give, give a podcast, at least from, from the Celtics perspective, a little bit more than uh, what you may get from some of the national ones. But yeah, I mean, there's just so many of them out there and I know this will be, It'll be the day of game one by the time people are listening to this. So we're, we're certainly not the first one out. It's how you finish though. It's, it's people are going to be looking for it on Thursday and we're in this will and we're here for it. So I guess we'll start with general uh, matchup injury stuff out of the gate. Um, potentially everyone is playing game one is the sounds of it after coming out of practice today from both sides. Um, the Warriors have a lot of guys that could be back in the picture that uh, could matter here. Andre Iguodala, um, Otto Porter Jr., and the wild card, Gary Payton II, um, who is coming back from a, a brutal elbow f- fracture. Um, but all three are questionable for game one and certainly you know, are, are going to be seen in this series whenever they are ready. Um, and that adds um, quite a bit of depth and versatility um, and some defense, too, to that. Uh, Warriors bench here. What uh, do, do the? They're obviously not. None of these guys are game changers. But did, does this change the outlook for the series for you at all? Just seeing, knowing that they're going to be in the picture here. First, I think that that every team, both teams, should take uh, a page out of the Miami Heat playbook and just list every player on the roster as well <laughs> coming into every game. Just roll with it from there. Because uh, you know, why give your opponent any sort of advantage in knowing that all of your players are going to play in the NBA Finals? Uh, so, I mean, they're. 
good players, interesting players. Um, I think ultimately the players that decide the series are going to be Steph Curry and Jason Tatum and um, a couple other players that the factor in there. But yeah, I mean, Gary Payton is uh, a player who could give the Celtics problems, particularly with some of the stuff that we saw in, in the heat series. Uh, the biggest one of all the players who are questionable here is Rob Williams. Um, if yes. we get, you know, if you get the it's player that today. we saw in the regular season, then that's a big deal. If you get the the player we saw in game seven against the heat, that's a big deal, but in a different direction. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the more players available, the better. Uh, and then the other thing is that if this series is a difficult physical series, there's going to be injuries that happen during it. Hopefully nothing major, but you know, guys twist ankles and hurt shoulders and, and everything else. Um, and you hope that's not a huge part of the the narrative of, of the story or of the series, but um, it's, you know, good to see coming in that everybody's either back or close to back. And even if they're not hundred percent, it's the NBA finals. What are you waiting for? Um, if anybody can get on the floor, then, then they're going to, they're going to get out there. If, uh, if the coach calls them anyway, I don't know if Sam Hauser is going to actually play, but I, I guess he's back too. <laughs> that would be, that's big. Um, and the two days rest in between games beyond just three and four, I think will hopefully help on that front as well in terms of Rob and any of these guys that are obviously going to be dealing with something the whole series. Um, they'll at least have the recovery time. They did not for the last two rounds and that should bode well for their ability. I think it honestly will bode well for just the quality of play. Um, knowing that both teams are going to be, you know, be able to get their legs under them um, despite being at the end of this grind. And um, that should hopefully provide some, you know, better basketball than we saw in the East finals at points. <laughs> yeah. The East, I mean, we all watched, right. It wasn't the most beautiful basketball of all time and particularly coming on the heels of uh, a, a very, a, a really quality, but also very difficult second round with, with the bucks seeing those couple of extra days on the schedule, I think was a relief to everybody. Um, and you know, I think going into game six, there was a lot of like, well, we got to win this game and get the rest. I don't know if there would have been an additional day if they had won game six, or I don't know how they would have scheduled it at that point. Um, cause I don't know if they would have taken six days off, uh, or five days off, whatever it would be, um, before starting the finals, they moved it up last year. I think they would have though. I think they would have, if as long as it wasn't like break. sweeps, yeah, they would have, cause those, yeah, those dates were out like weeks ago. Um, okay. Cause I know they moved up last year because they had. Right. Things were just short. Because those things were tighter. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so it would have been nice to have a, a couple extra days in there, I guess. But also the, you know, you can talk about rhythm and do you want to be well rested or do you get cold or whatever it might be. Uh, but having just a couple extra days here and a couple extra a day here and a day there after some of these games, yeah. I mean, hopefully it it just helps you get through it. I think it's also likely to be somewhat of a less physical series to begin with, just because the Warriors aren't they're not a soft team by any means, but they're not as big and bruising a team as um, as some of them that the Celtics have gone through at this point, even if I guess Miami's not huge either, but you know, stylistically they're, they're a more physical team, I think, than what we do expect from the Warriors. So let's start matchup wise here and look at the starters. And it's a, it's a situation where Rob is obviously, I think the wild card here in terms of what, he's able to do physically and then what you can do with him. I mean, I think assuming that he is as limited as he was for most of the heat series, I think you, you obviously just have to, you know, leave him on Looney. It, like, is that fair to say that? And as opposed to, you know, 
throwing him on someone mo- much more mobile like Draymond and, um, you know, let him be more of a rover from a, from a defensive standpoint. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it would be Draymond anyway. I think the question is, um, you know, are you putting him on Wiggins? Would you, yeah. Wiggins, would, which would be I mean, the, which would be who he would have matched up against, you know, with a couple of weeks left in the season when everybody was flying, I think that's where, where he would have gone. And you can hear, we talked before about all the previews, right? I think everybody who's doing sort of national stuff is just assuming that he'll be on Looney. And then everybody who's sort of Celtic centric is like, I think maybe it would be the, you know, their first choice might be Wiggins here or, or Otto Porter when he's on the floor, you know, obviously the, the starters are one thing, but who plays during the series gives you some different options and different places to play him. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Like if, if you aren't going to get the benefit of his, athleticism and ranginess and rim protection and all that um then i guess you just put him on looney and try to win the rebounding battle and, and get at least something out of it but i do think other under under other circumstances they would put somebody who's more of a point of attack defender on draymond put horford on looney and then put rob on andrew wiggins and then you get into all the questions about setting up who do you want on who do you want switching what screen when and all that. Right. Put, put smart on Draymond because you're going to switch it anyway. And you get you get into all of that stuff. Um, and, and we could talk about these matches. I, to me, and maybe we talk about it after. Like the int- one of the interesting things about this series is that both of these teams have lots of options, and the sort of who's dictating matchups at any given time is is maybe more interesting than like who starts in the matchups to begin with, and and how each team uses their versatility um, to switch things up and, and give different looks to their opponent. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, like you said, that's, that's something that both teams are, were built for and the Celtics obviously fortified at the trade deadline uh, with getting Derek white, giving them, you know, a, a bevy of options to throw against the Warriors backcourt. And I, I mean, I think I would imagine in this series, like I just don't, even if Rob is right, I, it's almost to me like Wiggins is almost playing and shooting well enough from three where I don't like, I don't want him to put him there anyway. Like this, that's not a, a PJ Tucker situation. I think Wiggins is like beyond that at this point. And I think that would be, um, even if he is close, right. I think that could be, you know, a mistake. If I asked you who you want to try to be the guy who's beating you in this series, like where you would start with, Steph obviously, and then you would probably say Clay, and then you would say Draymond, and then you would say Poole, and then you would say Wiggins, and then like I- I'm okay. I don't know if I want. I think Draymond's further down that list though. <laughs> well, in terms of shooting, but like he's going to create, yeah. he's going to play make in a way that that other guys won't, and, and you can attack him for turnovers and and things like that as well. But like, is Andrew Wiggins going to beat you in the NBA Finals? Maybe, but that's a bet that I think in some in he's some played way pretty would- well in the postseason. Sure. Like, I don't like, I don't but know if I want to make that bet. I mean, but pretty well is pretty well is one thing. Um, you, you have to make a bet somewhere. Like these teams don't play bad players. You, yeah. you have to make a bet somewhere. And like um, Rob Williams closing out on, on Andrew Wiggins with Al Horford behind him. Isn't something that like super scares me for a high volume of points. Uh, and I think that the value of having Rob as a roamer, particularly when, the guys who are going to be setting screens and, and the Warriors are weird, right? We know the Warriors are weird compared to the rest of them. They don't just play a lot of high pick and roll. It's a very different experience that you're dealing with, but like the Warriors get to the rim a lot. Uh, they get to the rim more than the Celtics do. The Celtics shoot more threes than the Warriors. Like there's a lot of things in this series that aren't sort of naturally the way you're going to think about it. And like being able to free peak Rob Williams would be a, a gigantic thing that I think would be worth some amount of risk. It's just, it doesn't seem like it's going to be peak Rob Williams. So it's right. a little relevant. Yeah. Uh, 
but I, I do think that would be the other thing is like I said, they are not going to sit in one set of matchups for the entire series, right? They're yeah. going to, you're going to see a lot of different things at a lot of different times. Um, either because you're trying to counter something that's working or because you're trying to just be proactive and, and dictate something. Uh, so I think you would see Rob against different guys in different circumstances, just like you'll see every other Celtic on different guys in different circumstances. Um, if, you know, if everybody was there and, and able to do that, but if Rob comes out in game one and looks like himself, it's, there are going to be a lot of people who look at the series very differently than they do going into game one. I don't expect that to happen just from what we saw in game seven, but like, if it does, there's going to be a lot of people who are like, Oh, okay. This is a thing that we have to consider more heavily than we thought we did coming in. Yeah. I mean, like you just go back to what they look like in that March matchup where the Celtics were no stuff though for most of that game. Yeah. No stuff for most of that game. But I mean, but the Celtics were rolling even before that, like Steph got hurt in the second quarter, rolling everybody, right. They were rolling everyone then, but like, they were, that was, you know, that was the big game because the Warriors yeah. had everyone back for, you know, a split second before Steph got hurt and the Celtics were, you know, held them to like 20 points in the first, like 15 minutes of that game. And that's when the defense was at its best, um, held the Warriors to 32 points in that first half. And, you know, Rob in that game had eight points and four blocks in, in 24 minutes. Um, with nine boards. So yeah, I, think I think there's a lot of people who look at this series and think that it's not a Rob Williams series because they think of like, oh, you have to go small and switchable. You have to do all these things that the Warriors that the Warriors do. But to me, like this is much more of a Rob Williams series than the Buck series would have been last in the heat. We certainly missed him a lot. Yeah. Um, but I think that this is a series that he would be. A huge no, if he's if he's right. Yeah. No question. Like this is like you have your built around him so you can maximize him and what he does in the series. Um if he's just, but if the mobility is just not there on the perimeter to what it needs to be, then I think if it quickly becomes uh, a grand series um, or, or if just a super downsized potential, if you want to, you know, go white over grand, depending on, or probably depending on the game in terms of who gets more of the, the lion's share of the minutes uh, as a fifth guy off the bench. And that's in that scenario. That's sort of one of my indicators for the series. Like, if you think it's going to be a long series, if Rob Williams is starting game seven, I think it's a good sign for the Celtics. Or maybe sure. it's less than that. If Rob Williams is starting game five, it's probably a good sign for the Celtics. If he's not, and it's not just injury, it's because they've been forced to change to Grant Williams in the starting lineup, you know, because Rob isn't 100% because of what the Warriors have been able to do with him, like then the Celtics probably means the Celtics are in trouble. Um, but if he can continue to be your starting, you know, part of your starting five throughout the series, then you know, that's, I think, a, a very strong indicator that the Celtics are, are playing well. All right. Let's first hear from our sponsor, Bet Online. Um, they continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, odds on these playoff series, and even some of the next season's future throughout the NBA postseason. Baseball is also back, so you can check out the start of the Major League Baseball season and the full MLB odds on there on a nightly basis. So it's you can do it for that. You can check out live betting on all your Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to join. Use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. It's where the game starts. I talked to Forsberg about this earlier in the week. Would you consider like sitting Rob in, in game one to give him that full week off in hopes that he could get closer to, you know, 90, 95% for later in the series no you can't throw away games in the finals i mean you gotta 
you gotta roll it and, and hope he's you know just hope it works yeah. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> no i mean it's he's gonna have he's gonna have three days off going in which is longer than he's had for any of these games um for three weeks now so um yeah i you know he still might be it might be a, a 15 minute night again for him but um i agree i think I, i'd be shocked if they uh if they give him that extra uh run in hopes of that making an actual major difference yeah, I mean, um, medical staff says he can't go. That's one thing. Right. If you can't go, he can't go. But you're not going to be, you're not going to strategically do it um, just for the outside chance that it provides a, a better boost. Um, we know Derek White's going to play a lot. We know Grant Williams is going to play a lot. Is this going to be a Peyton Pritchard series more than the Heat series? Uh, well, by the end of the Heat series, he basically wasn't playing at all. Right. So at the beginning of the series, which was debatable too, which is debatable. Like that was, I mean, I get it in yeah. seven, but like, there are parts in that series where you're like, you know, he got the, the three minute leash and then that was it, which was didn't obviously work great at times. Yeah. I mean, they won the series, so it worked. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think he will get another chance. I don't think he particularly did anything wrong. Like we just know we, we talked about this right at the beginning of the playoffs. Like the, one of the things that happens in the playoffs is that your rotation gets pared down the farther you go. Uh, it gets reset a little bit at the beginning of some series like this one, but like backup point guards, and third or fourth bigs like like Tice, like they just don't play by the end of competitive series for teams that have uh, big aspirations, and that's that's fine. That's not a a slight on them, or it doesn't mean that they're not going to have good long careers or any of that. It's it's just the way it goes, and part of that is because those players, you know, they get exposed a little bit. But the other thing is that you want Jason Tatum out there more, and if you're if Tatum and Brown are going to play forty six minutes, like who are those minutes going to come from? They're not going to come from Al Horford, right? They have to come from somebody. Um, and so it's a little bit of that trade-off too. It's like, yeah, you're a good player who has, you know, utility and we'd like to have you on the floor, but we just would rather have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Derek White on the floor. And it's like, so some of these guys, the, the minutes just aren't, aren't there anymore. Uh, but yeah, I don't think it was like Pritchard was playing horribly. Um, obviously Butler attacked him in, in some instances and, but I do think that there's, you know, he'll, he'll reemerge at the beginning of the series and hopefully be able to establish a role. If the series goes seven games, I wouldn't expect him to play many minutes in game seven, even if he plays well early in the series yeah. for that same reason. It's you get to that point. You're just like, yeah, we're going to stick with Tatum. Yeah. I mean, that's, that goes without saying based on where they'll be at that point and how much rest they'll have going into a game like that. But it is from a, you know, offensively in this series in terms of like the, the on off numbers with Pritchard throughout the postseason and obviously a very limited sample size are, are very encouraging from that front. And, you know, the Warriors, but at the same time, the Warriors bench, they are bringing plenty of firepower in off there um, as well in terms of guys that are going to be able to score. Um, so that is going to be an interesting debate for, for EMA in terms of, you know, if he wants to just stick to seven guys or make it a, you know, a seven and a half or, full eight-man rotation, at least to, to start things off in this series. Um, are you more – I'm expecting – I mean, I know the Warriors had the best defense in the West on paper in the, in the regular season. I still think this is going to be an easier series for the Celtics to score than it has been against, like, the Heat and the Bucks. Am I, like, out of line for thinking that? Um. I don't know if that'll be the case. I mean, we have years of experience now that the Warriors, particularly whenever they, whenever Draymond plays, are a really good defense. Their their title reigns have been are, are looked at as this like oh, there's this high scoring, 
exciting three-point bombing Steph and Clay and KD and, and everybody. But like the this dynasty has has also been built on exceptionally good defense. Um and so I wouldn't expect that to, to change in the playoffs. Like they're they're just too good and too they have too much history for me not to believe that that they're the Celtics are gonna at times have trouble to score. The difference is the difference always with the Warriors is that they turn the ball over a lot and they turn the ball over a lot with live ball turnovers. And so you obviously can juice your points total by scoring and transition off of those live ball turnovers. Uh, if, you know, if the Celtics are in half court with the, you know, Draymond on the floor and the, uh, not the three guard lineup um, in front of him, then they're going to like, they're going to have trouble scoring in, in the half court. Uh, the Warriors will have trouble scoring in the half court against the Celtics because the Celtics are also, you know, the other best defense in the league, but um, it, it won't look the same, right? It's not going to be this like physical grinding. Are they calling fouls being a big question of it? It the Warriors are just really smart and execute very well. And, you know, so it doesn't look the same, but their history of just, you know, not giving up points is, is I don't, I don't think, you should overlook it at this point or that anybody should. Well, it's like they're actually giving up a lot more points in the postseason compared to the regular yeah. season, which is, which is rare. I feel like, but the I guess, yeah. I mean, the postseason stats, I think at this point are, let's well, start. You can say what you want. No, I mean, I just, I mean, I know it's, it's, it's two different, you know, it's a small sample size and, but just, you know, just from watching the games and I mean, and the teams they've played, I mean, they haven't played any juggernaut offenses um, throughout um, their run here. And I mean, they, not that they've had like a cakewalk to the, the finals, but it's also, I think it's a far cry from who the Celtics have faced um, from a, from a talent standpoint in terms of who was, you know, healthy on a lot of those teams. So I don't know. I just think that with, you know, Clay and, and Steph fully back. And then, I mean, again, getting Iguodala and Porter Jr. And maybe Payton back that could, you know, make them look closer to what they were, in the regular season where they leaned into, you know, that kind of defense first look more as much as they can around their, their scores. But if they, if they won in this postseason based on just having a runaway train offense with the, the firepower of, of Curry, of clay, of pool, and then of, of Wiggins as a fourth option. And I just think that the more you go with those guys, if that's the route they're going to go, I think the Celtics are going to have, a far easier time versus the the grind of how the the heat and the the bucks play defense and, and that's that last part i agree with the the grind of it like that's what i mean it will look different and i'm sure for them it will feel different it's just that there's too much track record there with the warriors for me to think that their defense won't show up here um and and again like so much of that is just like they have the best defensive player maybe since Bill Russell, at least of this generation. I mean, I'm, you know, okay, Tim Duncan, KG, there's a lot of great defensive power forwards through time, but like Draymond is an amazing defensive player. Um, and their defense for years now has been great whenever he's on the floor and he's going to be on the floor a lot. So I, I do think that they will have an effective defense. Um, there's some things in there that I, you know, like the Celtics gave up a lot of points against the Nets, but that series never was never in any doubt, right? Like they, they were always just sort of trading. That game one it was. <laughs> All right. But the series, I don't think was, was ever yeah. doing that. But, right. You know what I mean? Like the later in the, in those games, they were giving up a decent number of points, but it was like, okay, we have like a 10, 12 point lead and we're just going to hold them at arm's length for the rest of the game and sort of trade baskets. Yeah. So you can always get that in small samples where it's like the defense was 
totally there in that net series. They just happened to give up points because of the way the game sort of played out. And that's where you get into the sample size things. It's difficult. These two teams are very weird as a matchup because they have clearly been the two best teams at their peaks this year. And like the Suns were sort of a regular season machine. Um, and that's not, I don't say that as like regular season being like, oh, everybody knew they were going to lose in the playoffs because that certainly wasn't the case. But like the peak of the of the Warriors in 2021 and the peak of the Celtics in 2022 were clearly the best teams anybody saw this year. Um, the league looked totally different at those two times. Like in 2021, scoring was way down. In 2022, scoring was way up across the league. So like the way that their sort of season long stats look is kind of netted out to being pretty equal, but um, interesting paths to get there. And then similarly in the, in the playoffs, like these are the two teams with the two best point differentials. I don't think people realize that the Celtics have a better point differential in the playoffs than the Warriors because they've had these two seven game series, but like they have. Um, and so there's a lot of things in there. Like, I don't, I don't think either offense is going to break either defense, but I also don't think that either offense is going to be broken by either defense. Like it's going to be back and forth and there's going to be games where one team makes 18 threes. There's going to be games where that team then makes seven threes. And like, some of it's going to be that in terms of how, how we feel about the teams and the games going along. But like, I just have too much faith in both of these teams to be able to execute on both ends to think that it's going to come down to like, haha, we got you. Um, right. Like your defense isn't yeah. actually as good as the teams we've played. Like they're both really good teams and you're going to have to beat them um, by being excellent yourself, not by hoping that, that they have some sort of drop off. Yeah. No, that that's a good point because that's, I mean, obviously this is the most complete team. Um, this always have played, you know, the Bucks would have been that team if they had Middleton, but they didn't. And so this is something where, you know, the they're going to have to worry about all sorts of things defensively that they didn't have to against the, the, the heat and, and the Bucks, particularly in the half court sets. So, um, all right, let's like, before we get to predictions wrap up here, what's a, what's a surprise or an X factor or just something for people to look out for in this series, you know, we beyond the matchups we've talked about, like, is there, uh, you know, I assume I guess you kind of talked about like coaching wise, you know, maneuvering, there's probably not going to be, you know, both teams kind of seem to be ready for everything. So is there anything that any kind of indicator, anything you're going to be looking for as this thing gets going to see, you know, how things are going to be led from either side? And the, the most interesting thing to me, and I don't know if this is an indicator or an X factor or anything like that. Like the most interesting thing to me to watch from the beginning is how they use smart on defense. Mm. Um, you know, the sort of expectation I think across the league is like, Oh, he's the best step Curry defender that there is. And that may be true. Um, but because the way that how much they switch and how much movement there is within, within the Warriors, like, will they, will, I, you know, even if they play him there in the fourth quarter, like how will they use him along the way to get there? is he going to have times when he is guarding Draymond? Like I said, in part of that, like pr basically pre-switching stuff, right? Like we know we're going to, there's just going to be this action. And so we're going to start on Draymond and we're going to, we're going to switch it. Are they going to put him on clay and have him chase clay? Whether or not that's Derek white in the game to come, you know, to, to check Steph or if they use one of the wings, like there's a lot of optionality there that comes out of having certain players. In fact, all the players on the roster who can, can cover a lot of different guys. And so that's what I'm watching for is like how Ime uses smart, and if he can use smart in a way that's not reactive, right? That's not, oh, we're putting you on clay because he's hot or we're putting you on Draymond because we're having trouble with this action, but being proactive on defense 
in a way that's saying, you know, we just went through a four minute stretch where we won. We went, you know, we had an eight, two stretch. Everything looks good. There's a TV timeout. We're coming back out and we're going to uh, proactively make a change because we mm. want, we don't want to fall into patterns. We don't want to allow the warriors to solve us. Um, and so we're going to try to dictate even on the defensive end, how we want this game to be played. And, and the way that you do that with the Celtics defense is generally with how you deploy smart because he can do so many different things. Like that's the, the head of the snake on those sorts of things. So that's what I'll be watching as we go. It's like, are, are they chasing things and saying, Oh, smarts on clay now smarts on Steph now because those guys got hot or are they moving around and using it different ways to keep them, to keep the Warriors off balance um, and, and really showing like what it means, you know, basically Marcus smart is like coming out of the series at the end and people being like, Oh, all the doubters who have said like, oh no, he's not the defensive player of the year. He's not this or that. No guard could be, I don't, the stats don't say that it is and all that coming out of the other end and being like, oh, okay. That's now, I, you know, sort of watching it close up for all these games against the a team that everybody assumes, you know, thinks of as like the preeminent offense and, and being able to come out on the other side and sort of getting it. Um, so that's what I'm watching for. Uh, maybe that, maybe I'm watching for that because I'm a Celtics fan and because I'm a Marcus Smart fan. But that's a, the interesting thing to me because I think a lot of the other stuff is like, you know, who makes shots and who turns the ball over, right? Like those things are are the things that we've been dealing with throughout the playoffs. And, and you get to hear on this very interesting offense against um, very interesting defense in terms of their systems. And, and that's that's where my eye will, will be drawn to. Yeah. Uh, but how about you? Do you did you yeah. ask that question because you have something else that that's no. more sort of what you were asking? Because that's not really an X factor. That's no, just- no. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Like seeing, like seeing how the Celtics are the Celtics proactive in terms of what they're doing defensively in game, in terms of making the adjustments and trying to stay two steps ahead of the Warriors. I think that's that's going to be a fascinating uh, potential angle for them to to look at and be ready for. Because like you said, like the the Warriors will figure you out if you stick to the the same formula um for the better part of 48 minutes for me it's it's kind of along those lines like i'm the the smart discussion is fascinating from a like i i like the the idea of just putting him on clay to kind of just shut him down going around screens but then i just i wonder if anyone can handle anyone else like i don't i don't like Jalen on, on stuff at all um just in terms of his ability to get around screens um and contest well there Tatum, I don't know if I want to make him give him that assignment, even though he would obviously more than hold his own of it, um, just in terms of what it would take out of him. So I guess my thing I'm walking for here is is the possibility, if especially if Rob doesn't look right in this series, if if we see you know Derek White just like flat out moved into the starting five, and just the downsize there, and just to help you get that defensive matchup early. I don't know if they want to do that because it's, it obviously messes up your rotation a bunch, but I think if they go into a hole or in this series, like I, I would not be surprised if they, you know, if it's not Grant replacing uh, Rob, it's um, it's white and just going with that just to kind of best corral this, the starting five. I think it's really difficult to make that change um, for, for the starters, just because you've got pool coming off the bench and you're going to need to, get the right guys on the floor, but absolutely closing. You can, you know, there are going to be, yeah, there's a lot of doubts, but that's where you want to close. Right. Because, um, but again, like that sort of goes into what I was talking about before. Like if you're doing that reactively, you're probably in trouble. Like if you're chasing, man, we just can't defend these guys. We have to go small. We have to do this now. Like the Celtics want to be big. 
Um, it's what turned their season around in certain ways. Not that they weren't playing big before, but you know, you know what I mean? Um, and again, like if it's, if it's because Rob is hurt, then that's one thing. If it's because Rob has been, is relatively close to what we expect. And also they're just not able to survive with, with two bigs on the floor. Then like I said, you're, you're probably behind the eight ball in, in terms of where you are in the series. And, and you still have to make the adjustments. You still have to try all these things, but if they get to that point, where it's because it feels like they don't have other choice, then that's pretty bad. Um, I do think that there's a way that you can play that lineup, again, proactively, where you can say, like, we're going here because we are going to use one of these guys to, to try to shut off somebody's water. And also, it's a lineup that can score, and also it's a lineup that can really get out in transition. Um, and, and again, like, the Warriors have always been a, a turnover-prone team that not, you know, they don't throw the ball out of bounds. They do throw the ball out of bounds, but they also throw the ball to you. And if you can do interesting things with Draymond who turns the ball over more than anybody, basically um, in terms of how you attack him and, and who else is on the floor, allowing other players to, you know, to, to hold up in matchups, then there's potential for, you know, 12 0 runs in there and things like that, that you sometimes get when you, when you get rolling like that. But again, I, I I'm hoping that they are able to find ways to do that where they are the aggressor and not that everything is, is reactive because the Warriors are just so good at figuring those things out. And they're so good at making you react to what they're doing. And if you're always chasing, which is really easy to do, like all the guys in the Warriors have experience in this setting and their coaching staff has experience in this setting and the Celtics do not. And you just don't want to play like you're the little brother, like go out there and be yourself and express the way you want to play and the way you want to coach. Because if you don't, then you're probably going to lose the series, you know, anyway, and you're going to lose it in a way that you feel like, you have regrets. And what I would like is that win or lose that they come out of this series feeling like they played the way that they want to play. Um, and that they, they have no regrets about that because I think that if they do that, then, you know, shooting luck and injury luck and things like that will, will play their role and you can't do anything about that. But if they play the way that they can play and the way that they want to play, then they're absolutely good enough to win this. And we've known that for a while. And so that's what I, you know, what I want to see. Well, the good news on that front I feel like as Ime Adoka and his staff has seemed to be pretty much up to the task at any point of this postseason with things like that in terms of being, you know, having the right feel, being proactive with stuff. I do think he had a couple, you know, hiccups in game six and seven that, um, you know, obviously he was able to maneuver around um, in seven um, in terms of, you know, who he can't give a blow to, you know, going back to Rob in the fourth quarter and stuff like that was, was obviously a, a disaster at the time, but by and large, there's been far more good than bad for a rookie head coach in this setting. And so I don't think, you know, you're, you're certainly not going to, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up like winning the coaching matchup here against Steve Kerr, despite the, you know, the experience difference. Yeah. I mean, coaches make mistakes. Players make mistakes. Both will make mistakes in this series on both sides. How you react to those mistakes is, you know, basically what makes you an NBA player and, and what you can, uh, what your future is as, as a coach. Uh, the Celtics were down against the Bucks, and Jason Tatum went into Milwaukee and had one of his best games. And then they were went to a game seven against an, a veteran number one seed with championship and, and title series, at least experience and led wire to wire and won the game. And you can look at the last couple of minutes of that game and you can just ignore those draw weird <laughs> conclusions about that. And you can go insane about it and you can talk about all that the heat are and all that. But um, the Celtics were the better team. And when the chips were down in both of those series against 
you know, good teams, but that teams that I think that they were better than they proved that they were better. And, you know, we've seen plenty of teams that, that weren't able to do that, that we, that we thought were the better team, um, including Phoenix this year, to be honest. And I, I don't think that they're going to fold. Uh, that's not at all what I'm saying. I'm just saying I want them to play this series in a way that whatever you think Celtics basketball is, that it, that it looks like that and not on the Warriors' terms. I, don't, I mean, I wanted to hear more complaints from Max Struess about the three-point shot that went away that, yeah, um, that, that he shared with that game. Yeah, don't it's... step on the sideline if you don't want them to be called. That you step <laughs> the ref missed the call. I'm sorry that you – and the I don't know, whatever. The whole thing about – We don't need to go back in. being like, oh, we lost the momentum. It's like, well, you shouldn't like, have – you got like, ten, five minutes of extra like momentum. Like ten minutes in the third quarter. Congratulations. Like... You got extra momentum time. That's not a complaint. You got benefits. Like, who cares? The the Warriors, I mean, not the word, the, the Heat were the number one seed. They had home court. Again, they're a veteran team that has put a lot into this season and don't fall behind by 23 points, right? Like, I don't want to hear your complaints about you you got run off your own court. The momentum, uh, the momentum, it, though. The mo- right. It wasn't anything to do with any of that other stuff. You got lucky at the end because you gave up some open shots and at a bad time, the Celtics missed some open shots. And so you got it close but you never led on your home court in game seven. So, you know, enjoy the off season. We have bigger things to worry about here. All right. And that's my, we opinion. have that, that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's Ryan's uh, game seven. Right? All right. We have one minute left here. Let's get to the day grady here. Um, so you're, you're Southern five here for you. What's the, Always. you've been, you've been confident for with this pick for most of the posts. The only problem and, with Celtics and five is that the, you know, it, you really should say Celtics in four if you're going to say Celtics in five. <laughs> you're going to win it at home. You go first. I'm going Celtics in six. Six. Um, I'm going six. You warned me against doing the six last last round too, and uh, you were right. Um, for the uh, going to the seven prediction for this team, um, but I think I, I I think they, assuming that the right guys are healthy, I think you get enough out of Rob in the series, and I think it's a very big. Um, I think Derek White and Grant Williams are going to step up in the series offensively and um, just do enough on that end to to keep pace with a, a Warriors team that will have, uh, I think, a lot of rough shooting nights against this defense. It'll, I think they'll have a, they'll probably blow them out of the water once or twice, but by and large, I'm I'm, I'm going I'm going Celtics and six here. What do you got? Uh, so my head says that it depends on uh, how healthy Rob Williams is. Um, unfortunately, my gut says that it's Warriors, Ooh. but my heart says that it's Celtics. And um, I'm not, you know, I'm a Celtics fan. So say what you want about it. Uh, I think that the best road team that we've seen in a very long time with the best defense we've seen in a very long time finishes the series or finishes the season, a magical season, a miraculous season by shutting down the Warriors on the road and wins it in seven. I think the Celtics win in seven. You heard it here first. Ryan Bernadoni at Danger Card. Make sure you're following him on Twitter. I'm Brian Robb. We'll be back with you guys after every game during this very long finals run. Thanks for listening to the Winning Plays pod, and we'll talk to you guys after game one.